Greetings and welcome to the Triumph Motorcycles for the Ride podcast. I'm your host, Adam Vanderveen. Just want to note that all the views and opinions expressed on the podcast are solely those of myself and the guest and not representative of Triumph Motorcycles Limited or Triumph Motorcycles America. So special treat today's guest is Ernie Vigil. Ernie is a, a very famed stunt rider. He has his own brand, Everything Empire, where they put out just world-class stunt riding motorcycle videos. And even in more recent years, he's expanded a little bit outside of stunt riding to compete in desert racing. This is such a treat. Let's talk with Ernie. I got the key to the highway. I'm all packed and I'm gonna go. Lord, let me ride out tomorrow, honey. I won't be back. It really appears that you've been a lot more proactive with uh, video and actually, I mean, even just sharing a lot more of your yourself lately uh, in your video content, which is cool to see. Yeah, I mean, for the longest time, we're always those guys behind the helmets where you're like, you, you know the names, but you don't know who the hell we are. You know what I mean? Like, you don't, you don't know what we look like or whatever. We always play superheroes behind a helmet. And uh, it's, it's given me a lot of time to kind of like, you know, that that's what I was saying. We're like restructure the program or whatever, but you know, put more of like our daily life out there and, and just kind of show people, you know, what it is we do. We're just normal guys that, that love bikes and somehow found a way to make it, you know what I mean? And, and when I was a kid, like I, that's all I wanted to do. And now here we are doing it. And it's like, people don't necessarily know our story or where we come from or know the things that we like. So it's, it's cool to kind of put that out there and just, you know, show people that we're just normal people. Exactly. Well, it, have you gotten any initial feedback on that approach? And yeah, it's been good, you know, because a, a lot of people for the longest time, they see how you ride and they see the things you do. But like everybody always has questions regarding the bikes and, and this and that. And uh, we did that shortcuts video on the street twin and the, the street scrambler. And I got like the, you know, within a couple of days of it releasing, I had so many messages asking about like, you know, what tire pressure is running? What handlebars are those? What suspensions on it? You know, just endless questions, just wondering what the hell's going on. Um, so it, it was cool cause now I have time to make a video and answer those questions and kind of, you know, let people know, you know, the setup and I mean, there's not much setup is pretty much, a stock bike. <laughs> but, yeah. uh, it, you know, I mean, it, it gives you a chance to answer those questions. And I think that that is good because you start seeing people come back for, for the consistent content and, you know, one question turns into two questions and, you know, next thing you know, you're, you're answering a lot of questions, having conversations with people back and forth. And it's cool because I mean, they're just guys like us and girls like us that that love bikes. So to just be able to talk motorcycles and just share stories with people, like it's cool. You know, this that's what got me here in the first place was that love for bikes and and chasing and wondering what the hell the setup is on a bike that I see or you know and or different parts used for builds and things like that. Like I was once that same person asking those questions. So uh, so yeah, it's it, it's cool. You know, it's just a different approach but it still makes it uh, just a little more interactive and, you know, just something different. Yeah, well, and you had to probably learn the hard way uh, <laughs> coming up, but uh, you've gained so much knowledge over the years. And, and of course, as much as you learn the hard way, you also learn from other people. So now that you have the knowledge, do you almost feel um, a, a bit of an obligation to, to pass it on to, you know, younger guys coming up these days? Oh, for sure. I think, I think that's the biggest void right now in motorcycling is there's not enough people that are passing it down so at times i feel like it's getting a little lost um just because you know people are jumping in and and if you don't 
you know, it always helps. It's like stunt writing. I mean, this is my best example. It's like stunt writing. If you see the tricks, but you don't have somebody necessarily walking you through them and showing them, you know, you could go an entire lifetime without learning them. But if you had somebody there just kind of helping you out along the way, you can learn them that much faster. And, And it might be the difference between somebody continuing to ride motorcycles for their entire life or somebody just getting a bad taste for it and then disappearing. And then that's one person that we lose within motorcycles, you know? So I think the the more that we could help kind of nurture that, that relationship and that, that love for bikes, I think it's, it's good. So it feels good to kind of like do your parks for the longest time. We didn't, we're just building these videos where people are going to go out there and, and try to do all these crazy things, but not necessarily know how to do them and what the setup is. So, yeah, well, uh, so truly every everybody that's currently a rider that's such different levels uh, of riding you could be you know just gotten your license maybe you've ridden for a year or two maybe you've ridden for uh 20 years but only like in one manner on the road and and that's that's fine i I celebrate all riders but um i'm curious if anybody that uh whatever level of riding they're in should they be intimidated to to try some of the stuff that you do and and you know look for me i've never done a wheelie right (laughs) and i just started messing around with a little bit i have no idea what i'm doing but i'm you know based on my role i'm i'm interested in in uh improving myself but it's intimidating (laughs) uh should it be or or uh you know it is it worth somebody that's never even tried uh like a minimal amount of uh, of doing that to to give it a shot? Uh, that's hard to say. So when I first, so I grew up racing motocross. And then when I first got my first road bike or sport bike, I told myself that I wasn't just because my mom like was like, she just hated the, the idea that I was going to get, you know, ride on the road just because she, she, mm-hmm. she's just a worrier. So she, she just didn't want me anything to happen to me. So I said that I wasn't going to do it. But I'd be lying if I said that the first time that I did do it and the wheel came up and and I felt that like, that it, I had the biggest like smile on my face and just like grin, like just because I was like so happy. And I feel like that's what motorcycles should be, right? I feel like you ride them to to get something different out of life and to feel different things and, and you know, not, not necessarily to live on the edge, but just, just to be out of your element because there's something cool about feeling out of your element that just makes you smile and makes you enjoy life. And I feel like that that's the reason we're here. You know, you get one life to live, like go out and enjoy it. So if doing a wheelie is going to put that smile on your face, hell yeah, go out there and give one a shot. You know what I mean? Like there, I mean, there's obviously ways to learn it and there's things that you can do to, to be safe with it. But at the same time, that for me has, you know, that, that need to want to go out there and experience those things and put smiles on my own face has built a life for me that I know of adventure and experience that I probably would have never gotten if I didn't take that opportunity. So I think, I think if you're one of those people that wants to go out and try that and, and, and feel what that's like, hell yeah, go out there and, and, and pop that clutch, you know, and, and, yeah. and see what, see what comes. Well, and so it's interesting. So there's very few things that I'd say I'm like totally expert at and, yeah. uh, and, and that's fine. But I, there's a lot of things that I'm passionate about and, and, uh, want to be a, a little bit better than beginner at. And, and maybe, uh, uh, I'll give a, a, a simple example of like, let's say wakeboarding, mm-hmm. right? Um, it, when you get into it, it, it's all about like getting up and then, uh, but pretty quick, uh, just being pulled behind the boat is like, it's, it's not enough. You want to be a little bit better than that. So 
Um, so for me personally, just being able to jump the wake that that's fun. Like yeah. that added just enough, uh, excitement, enjoyment of, of doing that activity that look, I'm not going to do backflips. Uh, I'm just like, my body's not meant to do that. I'm not that kind of athlete, <laughs> but, uh, being able to jump awake, that's, that's fun. And it, it almost gives me that little sense of a little extra, extra mastery of doing that activity. And, and, and in that same vein, that's maybe how I'm looking at, uh, getting a little bit of extra mastery over your motorcycle. Yeah, it's 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 the need to want more. You know what I mean? Like you uh like you said like it's just you do it, you feel it and it's like you you start wondering like, well, you know, what can I do? What am I capable of or or what's the bike capable of and and it's just one of those things I think is just a natural human thing to just want to experience more and and feel what it's like. So it, it's a it's a drug like anything else, you know. Would you say that um has it, well, of, of course it gives you um, a, a lot more experience and, and skill set on a bike, but um, being able to do a, a few things in a safe environment, uh, let's say a parking lot, but um, the, if you're able to safely master the skill of, of, of doing a wheelie or, or a burnout, does having that knowledge give you a, a bit more security when you're riding on the road so that if somehow you brake too hard or you pull the cr clutch too hard and your wheel starts spinning, you actually know what that feels like. Oh, for sure. Like I, I, I mean, and that, that's a good, good point because there's so much that can be learned by just going into a, a, a parking lot where you would never think that you'd learn anything and just practicing like drills. Like that's the thing with stunt riding is it, 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 well, I'm going to go off on a little tangent here, but like, so when I was racing motocross, when I was young, like I was good. Like I, I mean, not like crazy good. I mean, I wasn't the best in the world. I wasn't, but like I was, I could hold my own and I could go out there and I could, I was progressing and like, I, I understood motorcycles and I understood the bike and it helped me a lot just with everything. But it wasn't until I started stunt riding that I then became even better in motocross and, and everything else. Um, and I mean, they, they both lent to themselves, right? Motocross made stunt riding easier, but then stunt riding taught me some things within motocross that helped me progress within motocross. But having that like, uh, man, just, just to know how hard you can pull that front brake, you know, without like tucking the front and going over the handlebars and just completely destroying yourself or knowing how hard you can, you can uh, push the rear brake or how sideways a bike can go before you'll high side or low side. Like, Knowing all those things and then you, you start implementing them into like a, a natural like, you know, your daily life of, of jumping on your bike and riding from point A to point B just as like a, a normal commuter. You already ha know those things. So it just makes you that much safer on the road. If somebody pulls out in front of you, you know how hard you can pull that front brake. Uh, all those little things, you know what I mean? It just makes you a better rider. And that only comes with pushing the envelope of what's even possible, right, to experience that. So all these high sides and broken bones and all these things that I've done over the years have taught me how to be such a better rider because now I know where the edge is. Yeah, Does well, that that, sense? that's 100%. That's my, my mind goes there a little bit where like, I've, I've been very fortunate in, my, uh, in the years that I've been riding, right? So uh, I've probably been riding 10 years, mainly highway stuff, uh, if not had any incidents. Um, but I've never, I don't know the limits of my bike. 
Yeah. So, it, I mean, it, heaven forbid, it, it, and I'm always paranoid that somebody's going to pull out in front of me and I, you know, I have to react or break too hard. And I'll, it, whenever I, if that day ever comes, it'll mm-hmm. be a pure reaction if I don't actually know the limits of my bike. So I, I'm very curious about that and yeah. um, probably going to go home and just spend a little time, yeah. you know, in a, in a safe, controlled environment, uh, getting to, uh, more familiar with my own bike just for that reason. Yeah. I mean, let me know if you ever, if I'm ever in Georgia, we can go out and run some drills. But it, I mean, it's like, I mean, you're, you're obviously, you, you have a background in MMA and, and, uh, you know, martial arts and, you know, a lot of those guys, like even you, you're a big fan of leg kicks and just kicks in general. And yeah. it's like that whole knowing what your shin can take and, and practicing and, and kicking things and, and, you know, me not having a, MMA background, like I'll go and kick something and my leg's going to feel like it's going to wrap around that thing and my shin bone's going to shoot out the middle. And like, it's just, you know, it's like anything else. The more you do it and, and the more time you put into practicing and learning your craft, like, I mean, you're just going to get better. Right. And that's the one thing with motorcycling though, is you're always out on the road riding with other drivers that you don't know what their level of driving is and it's dangerous. So like, you know, why not get better and, and try different things and kind of put yourself out of your element to, to just make your world safer yeah totally so um uh, just a a little dabble on kind of my uh fight background but and more in the years where i got into coaching um like all my teammates probably loved and hated me for this i'd nail (laughs) everybody with a crippling body shot (laughs) and uh you know but like all these kids coming up that wanted to be uh fighters after I do it, you'd force them to, to work through it and get up because, you know, it, it, they just want to curl up into a ball and die because it's such a terrible feeling. <laughs> but but you don't want to feel that for the first time in a real fight. Yeah, yeah you exactly. want to feel it in that practice room. And and then you want to feel what it feels like to for that like terrible pain to relatively quickly go away and have the confidence that like if you can just bear it for that you know 10 to 20 seconds sometimes you can't like I, i've been dropped with ones where like your body almost feels paralyzed and yeah. then 20 seconds later it's fine it's it's so frustrating but most of them you can you can grin it and bear it yeah. but if you don't know what that feels like i mean you're you're gonna be done oh for sure like i, I couldn't even I'm a, I'm a huge mma fight fan for everybody wondering like i love mma and, and just mixed martial arts and just grew up watching boxing forever so like my dad was always that guy like behind the TV, like he gets into it, right? Like, like every, every jab, every punch, he's like, Oh, ah, you know, he's like freaking out. And like, so I grew up watching that and, you know, him being a big boxing fan, I, I, I fell in love with, with, you know, combat sports and, and he, he, same thing with my dad. Like his thing was like the body shot, the body shot, the body shot, you know, like, and he'd always tell me like, you know, this guy's gonna, you know, he's, he's putting in, he's putting in work to the body. He's putting this guy in the seventh, eighth, ninth round. He's going to start feeling him. He's going to slow down. He's just, and sure enough, he would. Well, that's a true fan, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. If you're not a fan, you just want to see the big knockout, but, yeah, but if yeah, you know, you know, and you want to see that skill. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so, I mean, I was always there watching, you know, like body shots, body shots. So like, you know, I know what you're saying with those, you know, a, a liver shot, a kidney shot, something like that. You know, you watch people just drop like out of nowhere. And those guys that, that do that, and just aren't out there head hunting, you know, it's, it's, there, there's a, a, a method to their madness and same thing with motorcycles. You know what I mean? You, you approach it the same way to where, why not get better at, at things that people kind of neglect, right? It, Cause there's a lot of guys that go out there and, and are head hunting, uh, trying to knock them out just by going to the head 
when there's all those opportunities to put in work to the body, you know what I mean? Same thing with bikes. Like instead of just going out and riding, like go out and, and put yourself out of your element and practice the things that people are neglecting and, and implement them into your riding. It's just gonna make you a better rider, a safer rider, you know, and it, it's just going to work out for everybody, right? Yeah. All right. So I, I need to go find a parking lot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll teach you how. I'll teach you what I know, and you teach me some good body shots and leg kicks, and we'll be good. Deal. Yeah. My my little uh, peanut <laughs> legs right here. My shin bones are going to break yeah. in half. Uh, yeah. No, just, just don't kick me back, and you'll be fine. Just I'll check one of those kicks, and, and that's when <laughs> yeah, it hurts. Exactly. <laughs> That'll be the end of my end of my riding career. Yeah. Well, uh, so, so you mentioned your dad a little bit. I'd I'd love to, uh, I guess, really learn. Uh, learn more about you and uh, where you grew up and, and kind of what led you into, to where you are today. So, um, sounds like he was a great guy. And, uh, I mean, I, I appreciate anybody that's a fan of boxing, but you also mentioned your parents might not have been the biggest fans of you riding. No, like I, so I, I don't come from like a, a motorcycle family or, or anything like that. My dad had a bike and it so happened to be it, that it was a triumph All right. when he, when he was younger and he had it for like, I think he said like six months, not even a year. Um, and he learned to ride, but he, he's not a big motorcycle guy. Like, like just, just wasn't into it. It was more of a car guy than, than, a, than a motorcycle guy. Um, but growing up as a kid, we had a, a, like a dirt alley behind our house separating the, the two sides of houses. And uh, there was these kids that were just ripping up and down this alley every, every day, as long as I could remember from when I was young, I, you know, four or five years old. And I used to sit on the wall of our backyard and just literally watch him just go up and down every day, you know, a little two stroke bike, eh, just up and down the alley, just dust everywhere. And it was just like, to me, it was the coolest thing. I mean, these kids were my age and they were out there, you know, doing all this stuff. And I just sat there and I watched every day, every day. Like I, I must've watched him for like, you know, six months and never even spoke to the, to these guys. Like just, it was just there watching. Like I didn't, I didn't care. And then, uh, when I was six, uh, for Christmas, my dad ended up buying me a little 50cc dirt bike. And next thing you know, you know, I'm out there with those guys doing the same thing up and down the alley. And they, they ended up becoming like my best friends growing up. We were, me and the youngest brother were the same age. And then he had an older brother that was three years older than us. And and all we did all day was just ride up and down the alley. Oh, that's and, amazing. Uh, and that's in uh, Albuquerque? In Albuquerque, yeah, yeah. And my mom hated it. I, I still don't know to this day how the hell my dad got my mom to even approve it. My mom is like the most sweetest lady you'll ever meet but like non-adventurous like i don't know that she's ever ridden like a pedal bike in her entire life like like just does not take chances like very calculated you know what i mean like oh d don't do this you'll get hurt you know you could be making billions of dollars doing something but if it it's adventurous she'd rather me working mcdonald's flipping burgers because at least there i'm safe you know what i mean wow yeah so <laughs> <laughs> she just 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 she just wants me to be safe so does she even watch uh, no, no no so so she's never like been to like a show or anything every now and then i'll go to their house and like i'll call my dad and i'll have him tell my mom to come outside and like i'll be doing circle wheelies in her driveway and like she'll come outside and like i'll be in there doing circle wheelies in her driveway she'll be like oh no no like <laughs> she just hates it but you know what i mean just yeah. to try to do it in front of her um but no she she's she just doesn't she's proud of me for it and she supports me but she just doesn't like seeing me get hurt so she's just she's seen all the broken bones and all the road rash and all the stuff but um but yeah like i didn't come from like a crazy like wealthy family or anything like that my parents got me what they could um and and i just ended up riding bikes my dad was never like e even even when i did get the dirt bike 
everything that I had to do was like, he would take me some places to go ride. But being that he wasn't a rider as well, like he just wasn't like really into it. He would get on my bike every now and then as it would go and he'd go over the bars and like destroy oh, no. himself. <laughs> like he, he just, he just wasn't like super into it. Um, but he would try, you know what I mean? My dad's like, my dad's crazy. Like he's down to have a good time. Very adventurous. He was in a, our fourth, uh, motorcycle versus car drift battle there's like a crazy guy in the beginning of the video like dancing drinking beer yelling at us that's my dad that's him that's, oh perfect that's, good yeah that's my dad gotta love the cameo oh he's yeah he's a wild man like if you ask any of my buddies like about like nick calls him senior and uh because i'm a, i'm ernie jr um and he's just my dad is like the biggest character you'll ever meet like he's just he's out there man he's just but he just loves life lives life and i think i got a lot of that from him um, really adventurous, just likes to go out and just have a good time and enjoy life in general. Um, outdoors, cars, whatever it is, just, you know, always smiling, uh, you know, good attitude. And, and like I said, loved boxing. Like that was his thing, man. Even to this day, he'll watch like ESPN Friday night fights, like no name boxers. And he's there in front of the TV, like, ah, you know, <laughs> shadow boxing. Like he, he just, he loves it. Um, but yeah, you know, it, just an, a normal childhood, but, uh, and, and then I got into bikes and bikes just kind of changed it all that just motorcycles just changed my entire life in general from the time I turned six and got my first motorcycle. I didn't know that it was going to do it, but I guess it had it in store for me. Well, know? that's yeah. I mean, you got the bug so young and yeah. then to, to actually uh, start riding that age. I mean, it, the, you're building up a skill set from day one. So, I mean, that's amazing. Did you ever uh, did you ever think that it could be? a career was it just something that was that you enjoy doing uh i didn't think it could turn into one like like you know when you're like in second grade and the teacher's like what do you want to do when you grow up you know what i mean that they asked the entire class and it was like i want to be a doctor i want to be this i want to be a, like i'm like i want to ride my motorcycle you know what i mean like I'm, that that's what i that was my answer and at the time like you know that like ride me off like well you know that that kid's not going anywhere in life you know you know, you know what i mean because everybody yeah. else has all these like big ambitious things and I just wanted like, at the time, I just wanted to do what I enjoyed at the time. And that was riding my motorcycle every day. Like I'd come home and and ride up and down that alley or luckily where, where I lived in Albuquerque, I grew up with, with a lot of like, uh, big time supercross racers and, and people that had like motorcycle families. So there was a dealership, uh, that was, I don't know, maybe two minutes from my house. Um, and all their, their grandkids were all like, you know, they were breeding them to race, right? Um, Keith Johnson, Ivan Tedesco, Justin Buckaloo. I mean, these are all guys who who made it and were actually had factory rides. Um, and behind that dealership that was just minutes from my house, they built like a test kind of, not like a crazy test track, but a decent little track. And I could literally ride my bike there from my house in like five minutes and and be riding in the middle of the city where there's like no dirt, like it's urban, you know, and, and mm -hmm. I could be practicing every single day. So when I'd get home from school, that's all I'd go do. We'd all meet up in the alley. We'd ride there and we'd ride till it got dark and then we'd head home. That's perfect. So is was Albuquerque actually a bit of a hub for motocross? Yeah. At one time it was for sure. Just because, I mean, it's Albuquerque. We're surrounded by dirt. Like it's, well, yeah. Like, I mean, it, it's the thing to do. There's not like as much to do. I mean, even out here in Vegas, like, I mean, all these desert cities are lend themselves well to, to being able to do that. Still kind of real wild, wild west to where you can just go out and ride wherever the hell you want and, and not have too many people telling you what to do. So you can just go out and enjoy yourself still. And, uh, 
at the time, like that, it was a huge hub for, for racers. I mean, that, that entire like era of, of racing, like when I grew up and with some of my buddies, I think like seven or eight of them actually made it pro and had factory rides. I mean, th these were all guys coming from like a crazy family that had owned dealerships and, you know, they were on the newest, latest, greatest oh, bikes. They're bred to it, bred for it, almost like a NASCAR family. Exactly. Or, yeah. And and I was the the buddy, the kid that was like decently fast and like an open face helmet from like 1970 <laughs> that was like a uh, like bass boat red in jeans on like this clapped out like you know, dirt bike that's barely holding together and I'm out there beating the hell out of it. And just, just cause my parents couldn't afford much. You know what I mean? Like I, I would, I didn't have all the fancy gear. I was like that on any Sunday kid out there, you know, riding with the factory guys, you know, try learning what I could trying to keep up and stuff like that. But, but it, it was, it was good to come from that. Right. And just because I learned so much about, you know, being grateful for what you have and all that stuff. Cause that's how my dad is. My dad's big on like respect and like, you know, you be humble, you know, but you, you know, you be a, a leader, not a follower. And like, he's, he's that kind of guy. And uh, you know, yeah, man, it was good times. It was good times, man. I, I wouldn't change anything about my childhood. Oh, that's so cool. So then did you have aspirations of pursuing motocross? Uh, I did, but, but again, you know, money, you know, the, those guys, the families, every weekend they had trailers and the bikes were in there and the mechanics were had fixed them all and they're showing up and they're riding and they've been practicing all week. And, like, I just would ride, you know, that same track over and over. Yeah. And, like, the only way I'd get to a motocross race is if I could hitch a ride with somebody and go out there and then you got to entry fees. And, like, so I did a lot of, like, a, like a lot of spectating, you know, sitting on the sidelines, like, wishing it was me in the game, but, like, you know, not being in the game. But that helped kind of fuel my fire to like get better you know because it was like i wanted to be in there but i didn't have you know the means to be in there but i wanted i knew that you know with the right thing i could have the skills to be in there but like you know so it is what it is but you know it's it's not for everybody but in the long run of the course of things you know i mean it taught me so much about how to how to you know better myself and how to progress and how to like watch riders and learn you know because i mean they had coaches they even had guys oh, out wow. there. I mean, the dad's out there with a stopwatch and they're running track times and like, hey, you lost a little bit of time in this corner. You know what I mean? Hit it harder, lean it here. You know what I mean? And, and I didn't have that. So I kind of had to coach myself because my, my dad just didn't know that stuff. You know what I mean? My dad didn't, wasn't like an avid motorcycle guy. You know, their, their parents raced and the parents before them raced. And, you know, so they're just handing down the heritage and I'm sitting there trying to learn their heritage. I'm, you know, looking at them, trying to learn every little tip I can. So, so it was good. Yeah, well, I, I didn't even realize that. Yeah, I, I'm not surprised. I mean, so many sports are that way where you have to get into it young and you have to have the you know the, the right coaching and background and pedigree to to really make it to that next level. So oh, I, sure. I didn't even put it together that, that motocross is one of those. And and I suppose yeah, it it, it is very dependent on on gear and bikes and yeah and money and money <laughs> keeping keeping a fleet up and running. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean it's even even more so now like i you know kids are bred for it you know what i mean the minute that that you know i i feel like like the the parents or the ex racers the minute that they have a son it's like they can't wait till that kid's old enough to even put on a on a bike and let him twist the throttle and then from there they're just nurturing it as long as the kid likes it you know right um but they're nurturing it and and giving them all the tools that they need in hopes that maybe you know they can turn it into something and but yeah you know i mean they're full blown bred for it now and and I, I wasn't. I was the the jean kid with the bass boat, open face helmet, that uh, that you know had some skills, but 
didn't have uh didn't have the means but you know it's good i learned a lot so you had the passion but uh so pro motocross career was almost doomed before it even started but then uh eventually you got into uh competitive stunt riding so i mean how did that love for (laughs) dirt bikes and motocross uh convert into stunting yeah i i it it was kind of weird how it happened but those same two kids that were riding up and down the alley we all bought sport bikes at the same time and monkey see monkey do i ended up i said i wasn't gonna do wheelies one of us did a wheelie we all followed suit and we became those guys on idiots on the road just doing wheelies everywhere and uh it was that same thing it was that same like wanting to to knowing what i was capable of but like wanting to like prove myself and and do something and it when when the whole stunt riding thing started like it was still at like such a crazy infant stage of life like there was no like real there was like no youtube and things like that you know what i mean there's really no way to put yourself out there so like i went and i bought like the cheapest camcorder that i could afford and like the crappiest editing software and i learned how to make videos and oh, oh wow we got like oh, babies we, crying in we, the yeah, hallway we, over we here. have a baby we're gonna <laughs> we got, yeah we got we got rogue children running down the hall oh. Um, I, yeah, I, I paused to, um, to turn off the air conditioning and the fridge for a second, but uh, <laughs> yeah. just, just to reduce the hum in the room, but that, uh, that baby sounding does, I, I don't think we're going to block that one out. No, for sure. I've, I've been on some flights, man, where, uh, I thought I was upgrading to the right seat and they put me in the front where the, where all the, like the bar is to put like all the cradles for the babies. Oh no. I've had some interesting flights. Oh, I think there's two of them. Now. I, I was gonna say there's a, there's a fleet of babies out there that are not happy at all. Oh man! Oh, it looks like they might have might have shut them down. Um, I don't well, remember what I was saying. Yeah. So, well, I, I think. Well, where are we talking about? Uh, we're we're sort oh, of talking about how you got into stunting and uh, and uh, you, you mentioned your your buddies from the block were uh, <laughs> got into it first and yeah and kind of dragged you into it. Yeah, and and it was just like a. The same thing, you know, I mean, we, that's all we had known forever was just being competitive with each other. So, and eventually I turned it into something. I learned how to video edit and like, it's crazy because right now, like the, the, the video production and editing and the creativity of putting projects together is like a drug for me. Like I love it just as much as I love motorcycles. Like between those two things, I stay so busy and so occupied with stuff because you know, the, everybody always asks like, how the hell do you get sponsored? And how do you, how, how do you do this? And how, do, I mean, of course you gotta, you gotta be good and you gotta practice and you gotta put in the time and the work and you gotta, you gotta have the skill set. but you have to have something to sell. It's like, no one's buying if you're not selling anything. And it's like, no one, I, I don't, at least with stunt riding, right? If, if you're some fast motocross racer and you're just like the, the best that there is, motocross is so big and the industry's got so much money behind it that somebody's going to come find you and they're going to actually put the money behind you to get you where you need to be because they see something in you stunt riding isn't like that you can be doing the the craziest trick in the world you know upside down backwards doing whatever the hell it is and nobody's going to come find you and do anything about it yeah well if nobody sees it it doesn't count yeah exactly exactly yeah if no one sees it no one knows right and any and with stunt writing even if they do see it they're probably not going to come and 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 do anything about it um so for us it it was it was finding a way to make what we were doing valuable to where it actually had a purpose 
Um, so we, the thing with stunt writing is if you want anything, you got to kind of create it yourself because it's just, it's just, it's stunt writing. You know what I mean? Like there's not, there's not as big of a following for it. I mean, the, the, there's a huge following, but it's not like, uh, I mean, it's not motorcycles and cars are two different yeah. kind of industries, you know? Well, yeah. And everybody drives a car. Everybody and, drives a and, car. And, uh, and with stunting, there's not a, there's not a platform. So you have to create your own platform. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So for us, it was you know, no one was going to do it for us. So hence buying the crappy software and the crappy camcorder and going out and getting what we could and finding a way to make it cool. And, and, you know, with like when I was in school, like I took a lot of like graphic design and like, I just had a love for like graphics and developing things and bringing things to life and that whole creative side. So, uh, you know, it just, it just kind of worked out. Like it, it was weird. And, and, and again, another thing, now we got sirens. Um, another thing that would not have happened and another passion that I found that I probably would not have found if it wasn't for chasing this crazy dream of riding motorcycles. You know what I mean? Like, uh, it just, I don't know. It, I, I think it was just meant to be. Well, so we just wrapped two days of shooting uh, what I would say was an incredibly ambitious project. Uh, <laughs> yeah. and, and by the time this podcast comes out, um, uh, hopefully the, the actual uh, finished product is, is ready to go and people would have seen it. But um, we just shot two days in a row, uh, two mornings in a row, technically, yeah. 2 a.m. until sunrise on the Las Vegas Strip, um, which was incredibly ambitious that it is. And, and there was a lot of challenges that went with that. So uh, using your kind of creativity and, and love for, uh, video production, how did you go about even thinking about that shoot? Uh, I still don't know what day it is. I still feel like it's Saturday, but it could be Thursday, but it might be Friday. Um, like you said, mornings, nights, it's all a blur. Um, but, you know, in regards to to all that, like you, you picture things and the, the crazy thing with video is is everybody has an idea on how something can look and needs to look. And the approach to get it seems like it's so straightforward when in reality it's completely not. It's, it's, it's so tricky to make these things look and feel how they need to feel and, and be able to get them and still showcase the riding, showcase the bike. Um, but it's an art form in itself to, to be behind the camera and run the camera and know what you need and actually get those shots. Like it is so difficult to get them on such a high level. It, so much work and people don't understand that and that, like you know i mean you were there last night and the night before well morning before night before whatever <laughs> it is and it, it's chaos you know i mean at, at one point last night we were going you know way over the speed limit on the las vegas strip and then turning around and driving the opposite direction on the las vegas strip with you know cops there and everything and it's it's like it's crazy to think going from the little videos we we're making to now the Las Vegas Strip is shut down so we can make a video. You know what I mean? <laughs> Thanks to your brainchild for coming up with this because it was it was a super rad concept. Um, but, like, how it comes to life is so chaotic. Like, it's just, you know, I mean, you saw Manny hanging off the back oh, of yeah. the bunk. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're, they're, the way we get some of these shots is, is, is interesting. It was a good – I mean, you guys put together a really good crew, and it was uh, – we'll do whatever it takes kind yeah. of mentality which is uh, I, I can appreciate that yeah. yeah well i mean i mean to to so i mean we nick and myself we've both done a lot of movie stunt work so 
we've seen the productions on the highest of the highest levels when it comes to money and equipment and things like that. And to get anything on that crazy level, I mean, you're talking the amount of money needed is ridiculous. Uh, from, I mean, I mean, you're talking crews of over a hundred people, 200 people at times, 300 people, um, with equipment that's, you know, million dollars, millions upon millions of dollars of equipment. And what we're trying to achieve, the end product is trying to get as close to what they're shooting with all that money, all that time, all that manpower for a fraction of the cost. You know what I mean? So instantly you got to start like getting creative with how you do things, um, you want things to be safe, but you still want to try to achieve the, the finished product. And it's, it, you know, part, part of it is cool. I remember I was laughing in my helmet so hard last night because, uh, both me and Aaron, Aaron was the guy on the speed triple yeah, or the speed twin. Sorry. Um, cause at one point after one of the shots, we looked back at Manny and Manny was like, we're like, how do you look? And he's like, like, he just had this look in his eye of like, like, wow that was a close he knew one. how good it was yeah 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 exactly yeah. and uh and i was just laughing so hard because of, of the look he had and, and just you know w- the cool thing is is everybody that that is doing it with us these are all our close friends we've managed to build something within our friends that we can all work together and and shoot these things together and it helps because we all enjoy it so we all are passionate about what the finished product looks like. And we've all been doing it for years and we're all riders and we all like Manny was a, a stunt rider. He does all the same stuff we do. He just had a different path. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But he's, he's still extremely unbelievably talented rider. So it helps when you have guys like that that are out there shooting because they know what's going to happen next versus you put the camera in the hands of someone who knows nothing about motorcycles, who knows what you're going to get. Cause they just don't know what the bike's going to do. You know, the, their threshold of, of, of being okay with probably what's not okay in regards to how dangerous things are. You know, some people panic as to where Manny will go out there and he'll fall off the bike before he gives up. You know, I watched, uh, <laughs> I watched Manny have a close call <laughs> this morning. Nick came very, very close to him and, and um, to his credit, uh, he didn't move. He didn't flinch. He held the camera steady and yeah. Uh, I, that, that, that takes a little something that takes a little trust and a little knowledge. Yeah, for sure. If he, if he abandons ship, that means it's, it's happening for sure. Cause uh-huh. he will hold on to the bitter second. And I've seen him do some, like, you've seen those videos where like a bike comes up on a car and it hits a car and somehow magically the guy ends up standing on the roof, like surfing the car. Like, you know, those cat like reef, that's Manny. Manny has like those cat like reflexes. I've seen him go over the handlebars and basically do a front flip over the bike, but his legs somehow like bent forward, landed on the ground, and he walked away instead of like falling. Like I, I don't know. I, I think I have footage of it someplace, but it was like it the didn't even weird, look back. No, no, like like <laughs> basically the bike just cartwheels and he just walks away from it like oh, that's like it was amazing. meant to be. But like so, he, he he he'll stick it out for the long run. So, but that was a cl- that was a close call. He had a pucker on that one. A little sure. bit, yeah, just, just uh, a little uh, bit. I'm sure it'll be a great shot though. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But no, it, it's cool to 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 do those kinds of projects. And and we have some coming up that that of course we're going to run by you and that we want to put together that are you know really we're always trying to one up ourselves and and trying to make cool stuff and and we have a couple in mind that are a little crazy. Like if things go wrong, they're going to go terribly wrong. But at the same time, if thing goes right, 
or if things go right, like it's like hero status. Like you walk away with a cape, you know what I mean? Like they're, they're really, really crazy over the top ideas that we want to do again, touching on what we've seen in Hollywood and on all these big movies and, and, you know, safety is big, the biggest concern there. And they just have so much money when it comes to the ability to CG things and computer generate graphics and, and portray things as real that couldn't be further from real. Um, just the way that they shoot things and do things because they have endless budgets. We don't have that luxury. So we usually got to just, you know, nut up and go it. out and just do it like, like men, you know? Yeah. And, well, I, I can't wait to hear some of those ideas, but I haven't even told you what bikes are coming out yet. So. Okay. Well, <laughs> even better. Yeah. <laughs> even better. Uh, we got a few tricks up our sleeve. Sweet. That's awesome. Um, but I'd love to actually hear more about the, the movie side of things. So that's, um, I, I think that's a, a really unique opportunity that you have that not a lot of people know about because you know you're under the helmet again uh portraying somebody else so it's not like you <laughs> yeah. go out there and and talk about or promote it because it, that that's kind of a hired gig but um how did you even get into that what was your first film uh so i lucked out and i got into it because my buddy chris teach mcneil was like about a foot too short for a part so so they asked him to refer somebody um that that fit the size and he gave him my name they called me i went out and i rode for him and 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 did a thing it was for a jim carrey movie called yes man so you know a, a lot of people they're you know you can go an entire lifetime trying to get a sad car and trying to get work your way into hollywood and it could never happen and the way it happened for me like i totally got lucky and you know you know big props to chris for for putting giving him my name and 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 kind of opening a door for for myself but it was cool to to take those skills and implement them into into Hollywood because we had seen it for so long and knew what we we're capable of. But it's a, it's an extremely hard industry to crack, um, just because you know there's so much involved. Again, a whole another learning curve of trying to learn like how that industry works because it, it's easy to not so easy to get in, really easy to get yourself kicked the hell out of there. You know what I mean? So like there's a, there's a whole work etiquette and, and a lot behind it, but, but yeah, you know, to go from never working in Hollywood ever to then doubling Jim Carrey, like for me, like I was like, wow, you know what I mean? Like this, I'm, I'm doubling Ace Ventura here, right? you know, like, like <laughs> this is like a big deal. And, uh, so I get there and Gary Himes, who is a stunt direct, uh, stunt coordinator, you know, goes over the sequence with me and, and what I'm going to be doing and all this stuff. And it was like, he, he, again, Gary is a ex, uh, unbelievably fast desert racer. So Baja, you know, all the, all the big races has won, won them all. And, and just a, a unbelievably phenomenal talent, phenomenally talented guy on a motorcycle. And he understood and, and has followed motorcycles from stunt riding everything. So he knew what was, capable on a bike so he wanted to build a scene that that implemented a lot of stunt riding and he wanted to build something that was a little more dynamic than the normal kind of chase motorcycle scene or anything like that he wanted to implement some tricks and it being jim carrey everything had to look out of control like he didn't know what the hell he was doing so you know the way that you have to ride the bike is totally different it's like you got to be in control but be out of control at the same time and the good thing about stunt riding is that's kind of what it is um so it, it kind of crossed over 
Um, but I got there and, and they're like, okay, look, I, I got this idea for this crazy scene and, and we're going to do this and we're going to do this and we're going to do this. And he's telling me all the things, you know, you're going to do a wheelie here. You're going to do a, a stoppy here off the curb and we're going to do burnouts here. And I want you to come in back and eat it here. And I'm, you know, in my head, I'm like, oh, sweet. You know, this is, <laughs> this is right up my alley. Like, yeah, you know, awesome. He's like, but you're going to be naked in a hospital gown with no shoes on or prosthetic legs. And, and I was like, okay, uh, like, okay, okay, sweet, sweet. So then like the next day I go and they, they fit me for like these prosthetics. So they, they basically make molds. And, and again, this was all for safety because like, they didn't want me to be barefoot just in case something happened. So their idea was to build this prosthetic leg that would act almost as like a motocross boot that I would slide my foot into. That would look like a human leg. That would leg. look like a human leg, right? So, th so they had molded Jim Carrey's foot. And then I went in and they built this mold for my leg and like I had all this stuff and they, so they build these molds for my leg. So I go home, I come back a week later to practice once the molds are built. So I get there and I see this like leg and I mean, being that I had to go over my leg, like, I mean, it looked like Fred Flintstone's <laughs> foot. Like, I mean, it was massive. Like it was just this giant, you know, rubber foot, you know, and I had to slide my foot in it. For one, I couldn't get my leg in it. Like, cause it was like just binding up against my skin. So out comes like four bottles of KY jelly and they're just squeezing it in, into these like prosthetic feet. So I slide my foot in and it's like all squishy. I could feel like the jelly squishing between my toes. Oh, like it's just like a weird feeling, right? To, to, to fill on a bike where you need to fill the pegs and feel the shifter and the rear brake and things like that. And you got all this like jelly. Last and thing jam. you want to feel is squishy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you got like all this like strawberry jam, like squishing through your toes when you hit the rear brake and you're like, what the hell's going on? Um, so I start practicing with those prosthetic uh, legs and, and, you know, they didn't really think it out. You know, a lot of it's trial and error. That's why you go out so early to figure out what's going to work, what's not going to work. And the minute that you touch the ground with those things, they're black you know what I mean? The, the, like the asphalt just would, it would hit the prosthetic and turn black. And so they ended up 86 in and just getting rid of the, the prosthetic altogether. And we didn't really know what we were going to use. We knew that they were going to come up with something. So on the day, um, they ended up just putting cardboard under my foot. That way I had a base, like a thick cardboard. Um, and I just did it in socks. Hmm. And so again, weird, you know, I'm in a, in a hospital gown, practically naked underneath wearing socks and, and you go out and you do all these crazy things and, and you know, everything, they tell you what you're going to do, but then everything on the actual day is always so much more complex because, you know, there's cars coming at you and, you know, you don't know the location where you're going to do it at. There, where I did it, I had to do a wheelie through a parking garage, through the parking garage gate. So you basically go through, explode through the wood and you come out. But when you come out of the parking garage, which was flat, the the road was like a 45 degree angle when you came out of the driveway. So like, it was like instantly you come out of the parking garage, the bike just wants to like almost fall over to the right, but you got to keep it up because there's two cars coming head on with you. And there's a, a camera and a UPS truck and you got to do a wheelie, maintain the same wheelie through the angle and hold it right next to the, like five feet from the UPS truck and maintain his speed all in one shot. So like, it's like, you know, you practice and, and you know you can do the wheelie, but now can you do it with all those variables? So, like, it, it's extremely stressful, you know, and, and when you pull it off, you're like, ah, oh, 
you know, I wonder, you know, you move on to the next scene and you're like, okay, let me <laughs> give me a minute here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. So, and uh, you know, it, it's, it's good though, but like those, all those experiences for me were at least for that first time were like overwhelming and cool. And like, you know, getting to talk to Jim Carrey and doing burnouts. And uh, we did a burnout scene where the, you know, they had me in front of Gr the Griffith park observatory, which is like a, a Los Angeles, like staple and like, you know, you don't just get to do burnouts in front of that place without, you know, going to jail. And they had me doing burnouts and they said, you know, just go out there and do, do as many as you can until you get dizzy, you know, for the shot, just, just keep going. So I'm out there, I'm like 28 rotations deep and like everything's spinning. I don't know what the hell's going on. Right. But like in my peripheral, like I could see people jumping up in the air, like with their hands, like waving their arms at me. Like, I was like, okay, that's one person waving. Oh, wow. Everybody's jumping up in the air with their arms. Like, okay, I should probably stop. And I was like, I'm probably on fire. And I stopped and the smoke, they had a smoke machine for extra smoke because they wanted it to like get so smoky that you couldn't see, see me anymore because it was like a hero shot where Jim Carrey was going to walk through the smoke afterwards. So what happened is the smoke machine ended up just shooting oil onto the tire. No. The tire caught on fire, caught my hospital gown on fire. So when I stop, <laughs> there's like flames, the hospital gowns on fire. I'm still spinning and they hit me with a fire extinguisher and like Jim Carrey comes up and he's like, he, he gives me like a hug and he like, there's burnout marks. Everyone's like, buddy, you really effed this place up. And like, I'm looking at him like, thanks buddy. You know what I mean? Like, but like, like experience oh, like that boy. were so cool. You know what I mean? Like Ace Ventura yeah. came up to me and told me I messed up like the Griffith Park Observatory and was like laughing. Like it was all those things that made it all worth it. And it's just like, at the end of the day, you know, it's, it's just, you can't help but love that kind of stuff, you know, and those experiences. Yeah, that's it. so. Did they use it? Yeah, yeah, they they used with, it with the flames. No, 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 oh. no not with the flames. They they took that out. You know what I mean? But but you know, it was it was just a cool experience in general um, to to do all that and and just kind of and then you know after doing tons of movies like that and and experiencing all those things, we can start implementing those same things into our videos and how things are done and and all that stuff. And you know, of course, we're not the level of Ace Ventura right. or Jim Carrey or anything like that, but uh, we're the, the cheap watered down version. So I, I have a, I always had this question. Um, obviously the, the film, they want to make sure that everybody in the, the theater thinks the actor is actually on the bike. So there's scenes where you see their, their face here and there, they put that in. Mm -hmm. How do they transition between the scenes where it's the genuine actor on the bike to establish that he's riding it to, to then you, the stunt rider? So for, for like for Yes Man, for example, they built like this, the, the rigs, they built crazy, crazy rigs. Again, when you got deep pockets and endless money, you just, you just build whatever. And, and the people that they have, the, the guys that they have uh, doing like all like the, the fabrication and stuff for these rigs is unreal. The, the amount of uh, the level that they've gotten to on, on how they make all these different rigs that help recreate the real action with the actor on them that are safe. So for that one, they, uh, they took a bike and they put it on a trailer and on this trailer, the bike was on hydraulics. So they then hooked the trailer to like a golf cart. So the golf cart would pull this trailer down the road. Jim Carrey would be on this bike. There'd be a joystick operator. The joystick operator would basically like a video game. You know? it's, it's like working the mechanical bull at the at the sure at, at the bar. You know what I mean? Like he would just you know flip the joystick and up the bike would come into a wheelie, 
and Jim Carrey can do the action. And and of course you see like the trailer and all this stuff, but they just in in CGI they, they cut it out. Yeah, they go yeah. in and they paint all that stuff out, and they just make the background look what it is. They shoot plate shots so that way they have all the imagery of of the actual location that they need, and then they just paint it out per those references, and uh, and it looks like Jim Carrey's doing all the stuff. You know, there, there's some parts of the rigs that still look mechanical. So that's why we got to come in and do it in live action. That way you get that that realism to to the bike and it, it helps sell the scene. But, you know, for the most part, you can cheat, at least get a little bit of the actual actor on the bike. I mean, there, there's a lot of actors that do it that are good riders, you know, that that do it themselves as well. Like Jim Carrey, he, he, he knew how to ride. Um, but obviously not wheelies and things like that, but he could ride a bike just fine and when I first got there, they wanted me to set the bike up like I would set a stunt bike up because they they didn't want me to be limited. So I had handbrakes on them and everything. And Jim Carrey was like, hey, let me, let me take the bike for a ride. And I was like, here you go. And he jumped on the bike and he took off hauling ass on the bike, right? And I had a handbrake and a clutch. So he thought the handbrake was the clutch. So like like three, 400 feet down the road, he's hauling ass and he goes to pull the clutch in to start slowing down and turn around. And he grabs a handbrake and like, like locks up the bike like like does like a 200 foot skid and i'm like <laughs> like i'm freaking out you know what i mean i'm like oh no he's good like that's it, how you get fired from hollywood yeah exactly <laughs> and he turns around and he's like this isn't a clutch and i was like no it's a handbrake i was like i thought you knew I was, you know what i mean but he's he's a good guy so course, he just yeah. laughed it off whatever but but you know what i mean it's 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 little things like that but he, he's a, a good rider you know if it was just a normal riding scene you know you can get those shots with them but you know this one was real stunt heavy so it was you know wheelies and stoppies and burnouts and jumping curbs and all these different things um so they built rigs like that and then they just blend it all they just blend it all they just exactly what we're doing here what we did for the last two nights you you just shoot the sequence you get all the shots you need and you just stitch it all together and and you create the scene but uh but it, it takes so much work as you saw i mean it, for even more so for the hollywood movies cuz it it's easy easier to get seven people moving than it is to get 300 people moving and i mean they're on it and and they're always a, try to be a step ahead but it's it's a very slow road because the the level of shot that they're getting is needs to be so high level that uh it takes time to really work out all the the bugs and the kinks and stuff to to make it all work there's just a lot of moving pieces yeah is there anything um coming up that we can be excited to see you in or, or are you allowed to talk about it the um, projects that you've worked on so uh I've, I've done a lot of stuff i we just shot a movie in san francisco um earlier this year um that i'm sure a lot of people already know about um i can't say too too much unfortunately but uh it is with keanu um, and it is uh, a, a big, uh, a big one coming back, uh, a red and blue pill type type movie, you know, where you got to make a decision. Uh, but you know th- that is uh, that's coming up here soon. That, that we did a lot of work in San Francisco. That is is a, a one of the coolest, uh, probably to date one of the coolest. I mean, Yes Man was really good, but but this one was was awesome. Like a lot of like heavy worked out scenes with i mean a, a lot of crazy stuff going on there was a lot of crazy stuff uh one of the best crews in hollywood was working on it and good direction and and uh unbelievable stunt coordinator and and a lot of good uh a lot of just a really talented crew 
um, that should be coming up. That's, that's, uh, should be pretty chaotic and good. All right. Good. Well, um, maybe next time. Cause I'd love to have you back on the podcast. We can talk about that. And I'm just excited yeah. for movies to come back again. <laughs> right. I mean, right. I just want to go, I, I just want some popcorn and, and you know, what's crazy though. I did see like a lot of drive-in movies are coming back. They just opened one. Uh, so we have like a balloon fiesta park in Albuquerque, which is like this big giant festival. And uh, they canceled it, of course, this year because they couldn't do it. So they turned it into, at least for the time being, they turned it into an outdoor drive-in because you can stay in your car. So you can kind of, you know, social distance and do all that stuff. And they just put up this big giant screen. So it's kind of cool that like it's going back kind of old school. You know oh, what I, I mean? Bring that because they were dying. They're totally and, dying. Uh, but it's such a fun, unique experience. I, I, oh, like, I grew up, my dad stuffed yeah. me in the trunk. A couple of times like, to, 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 to get the admission out of the way. You know what I mean? I'd be in the trunk with two or three of my friends to sneak in. Uh, but, you know, yeah, it's, it's cool. I mean, it's good to see that at least little things like that are coming back amidst all this chaos that's going on. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's exciting. Well, and then the, uh, the other thing I'm excited about is tonight we have one more scene to film ourselves. Yep. Uh, we're we're going to go to um, Las Vegas Motor Speedway. Yep. And see what these Rocket 3s can really do. Yeah, I'm excited. After riding that thing around for, you know, I had ridden it before in Sturges and stuff like that, but we were kind of on our best behavior. Um, you know, and still got a, still got a chance to to kind of fill the bike, but at least these last couple of nights, I've really got a chance to kind of open it up and really fill the bike out. And that, that thing is has unbelievable amounts of torque. Like that bike is so refined, the way it handles, the way it rides, the power delivery, everything. So to go to the strip tonight and to go head to head with Nick and and all this stuff like I'm I'm super pumped on this. Who's going to win? Oh man, I when it comes to drag racing it's 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 uh it's it's I don't know. It could go either way. Yeah, last night it was simulated, right? So yeah, yeah, it, it, exactly. tonight we're all going to know. The yeah, world's yeah, going to know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how we're going to do it. I was talking to him. I was like, "Are we running one and it's just whoever wins? Are we doing a two out of three? You know what's going on?" But We'll see. I know, I know we read last night that it might be a little tricky on how yeah. they're going to work the, because I think they here in Nevada, they shut back down. So, you know, gatherings, of course, are, are kind of not forbidden, but, you know, there's certain precautions that got to happen. Uh, so we'll see how it goes, but but hopefully we can, you know, get a good amount of runs in and, and really see what that bike is, is capable of. I mean, it, it's got, definitely has enough power. Right. And well, it is a very nice, pretty good drift bike. Uh, some of those turnarounds last night, we were able to fill it out, and that that thing is 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 pretty good. Well, I can't wait to see some other things that you guys may or may not do with those bikes in the future. And um, we are in Vegas, so I'm probably going to put money on one of you guys tonight. And, <laughs> Sweet, uh, but I'm looking forward to that. And thank you so much for joining me today. And uh, yeah, we'll we'll definitely do this again. Awesome, man! Thanks for having me. I love uh, love where all this is going, and then you guys are doing a good job. So thanks for having me, and uh, you let me know when you want me to come back and tell more stories. All right, story time with Ernie. Thanks. <laughs> Thank Catch you, you later. Man, I had such a great time chatting with Ernie today. If you want to check out everything that he's produced, just go ahead on YouTube and follow Everything Empire for some phenomenal riding videos. Till next time, ride safe.